Thank you for joining me for another reading of The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. Today we're going to read Chapter 7, A Thriving Farm. One day, Ichabod had reason to meet with Katrina's father. Before this time, Ichabod had never been to the Van Tassel farm. It was in an out-of-the-way place, and Katrina was too old to be a school student of his. Ichabod expected the farm to be like the many others near Sleepy Hollow, comfortable and plain. So when he saw how huge and bountiful it was, his large green eyes nearly popped out of his head. Nestled in a fertile nook of land on the shores of the Hudson River, the Van Tassel farm was anything but plain. It was an estate. Fields of ripening crops spread in every direction, wheat, rye, buckwheat, and Indian corn. The trees in the orchard were heavy with ripened fruit, apples, pears, and pomegranates. The barn was as big as a church, for Van Tassel had many animals. A troop of fat pigs paraded across the pen. Turkeys gobbled merrily in the courtyard. Guinea fowls shouted contentment with their strange cries. And in an adjoining pond swam ducks and many snowy geese. Every nestling bird in the area seemed to make its home in the rafters of the huge barn. If it wasn't snuggled in the nest, it was on the roof enjoying the warm sunshine. Not far from the barn, a clear, freshwater spring bubbled up the ground. The sweet water poured into the well, made from a barrel, then spilled over and meandered through the grass into a neighboring brook. As Ichabod looked over the vast farm, he was overcome by intense hunger. He imagined all the livestock and fowl cooked in delicious stews and roasts with gravies. He could smell the orchard fruit baked into perfect pies and cakes. He wanted to sit at Mr. Van Tassel's dinner table and eat until he was too full to move. The farmhouse itself was equally grand. The front porch held benches, tables, and spinning wheels. Inside the front hall, ears of Indian corn and string of dried apples and peaches were hung along the walls. A giant bag of wool from Van Tassel's sheep sat waiting to be spun into yarn. Another bag held coarse thread ready to be woven into clothes. Polished pewter platters, vases, and other dishes covered a long dresser. Though a slightly open door, Ichabod was able to peep into the beautiful parlor. Fancy wooden tables and claw-footed chairs were polished to a bright shine. Beautiful seashells decorated the fireplace, and a corner cupboard displayed numerous pieces of old silver and delicate china. And Ichabod was beside himself. Never had he seen such wealth. The livestock, the crops, the furniture, the china. At that very moment, Ichabod was overtaken by greed. He wanted absolutely everything he saw to be his, including the one thing he would take it would take to win it all the hand of the Van Tassel's lovely daughter Katrina. All right, thanks for joining me and we'll read another chapter in the next podcast. Hey guys, thanks for joining me for another reading of The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. Today we're going to read chapter 9 An Invitation. One warm autumn afternoon, Ichabod sat in his schoolroom while his students worked away at their seats. The room was quiet and soft afternoon light filtered through the window. Ichabod's desk was full of items he had recently taken from his more devious students. A half-munched apple, two whirl gigs, a fly cage, and several paper, paper animals. Ichabod was thinking about the fate of his relationship with, with Katrina when a clattering of hooves caught his attention. A burly man on a wild-looking colt raced up to the schoolroom, jumped down, and tied his horse to a railing. A moment later, the messenger came thundering into the schoolhouse. While the students looked up in surprise, interruptions at the schoolhouse were very rare. 
Ichabod hurried to the door to see what the man was after. The man grinned and handed Ichabod an invitation. It was just not it was not just an invitation either, but one to a quilting frolic at the farm of none other than Mr. Van Tassel. Ichabod was filled with glee, and the rest of the afternoon the schoolhouse was full of bustler, <laughs> bustle and hubbub. The students were hurried through their lessons. Books were flung aside without being put neatly back to their shelves. Ink stands were turned over, benches were knocked down and not picked up, and the entire class was, was let out an hour early. The students tore out of the schoolhouse in excitement. Their whoops and hollers echoed across the hollow as they ran and jumped into the autumn sun. With the schoolhouse finally empty, Ichabod took his time getting ready for the party. Using a small piece of broken glass that hung in the back of the room, as a mirror, he spent a very long time primping and preeming. He brushed and shined his best and only black suit. He combed his hair with this way and that, and he straightened his tie at least six times. When he was finally satisfied with his reflection, he set off to the farm where he was staying. He had a strong feeling that tonight would be an important night with Katrina, and he wanted to borrow a horse to make a good impression on her. Hans Van Ripper, the owner of the farm where Ichabod was staying, was happy, happy to oblige the schoolmaster. So Ichabod set forth, forth riding a horse to the Van Tassel farm. To be honest, it must be told that the animal Ichabod rode was actually an ancient, broken-down plow horse. He was a gaunt and saggy and a, with a skinny neck and a thick head. His mane and tail were tangled and matted with burrs. One eye with a missing pupil and the other, other had a remarkably evil gleam. Gunpowder, as the horse was called, had once been a favorite of the masters, and as Van Ripper was a fast and furious rider, it was thought that he had given his horse some of his own spirit. For as old as Gunpowder was, he still had a devilish spark about him. Ichabod was a good match for the funny-looking stead, for he, too, looked odd. He rode with the very short stirrups, which brought his knees clear up to his chest. His bony elbows stuck out like a grasshopper's legs. As gunpowder jogged along, Ichabod's arms flapped like a pair of wings, and the skirts of his black coat fluttered back practically to the horse's matted tail. Ichabod thought himself quite gallant as he rode along the trail to Katrina's house, but together with gunpowder he was quite a strange sight, and not very unlike some of the ghosts who wandered Sleepy Hollow in the dead of the night. All right, so join us again for Chapter 10 for our next podcast. Thanks, guys. Hey, guys, thanks for joining me again for another chapter of The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. Today we're going to read Chapter 10, Feasting and Merriment. After a, a lonely ride through the colorful countryside, Ichabod arrived at the Van Tassel estate. It was mobbed by the people of Terrytown who had come to celebrate autumn. The farmers were dressed in their homespun coats and pants and wore polished pewter buckles. The farmers' wives wore ruffled hats and long-waisted dresses with scissors and pin cushions hanging on the outside. The young women were dressed like their mothers, but sported straw hats or fine ribbons in their hair, and the young men wore short coats with rows of shiny brass buttons. Fraun Bones was the hero of the party. He arrived on his horse, Daredevil, a horse so wild and mischievous that he alone caused a stir. And of course, Fraun was dressed in his best. As Ichabod made his way to the farmhouse, he spied a group of girls already gathering around Fraun. 
Once inside, though, Ichabod forgot all about Brombones. His eyes were caught not by Katrina or any other damsel, but by the amazing bounty of buffet of the buffet table. His eyes bugged out at the very sight of it, and his mouth began to water. The table was covered with platters of every food imaginable. There were all kinds of Dutch tea cakes, the doughy donut, the tender olikuhek, I'm not sure what that was, the crisp and crumbling crullers, sweet cakes and short cakes, ginger cakes and honey cakes. Mixed in with the cake platters were all the kinds of pies, sliced hams and roast beef, delectable dishes of preserved peaches and pears, broiled shade and roast chickens and Bowls of milk and cream, standing tall among it all, was a giant teapot that set up clouds of vapor from the magnificent sprout. Ichabod had worked up quite an appetite during his ride to the farm, and now he hastily made his way to the table and began to eat. He ate and ate and ate and ate, sampling everything that the incredible buffet had to offer. Good food always made Ichabod happy. As he looked around, he could not help but think about some day. All this would be his. Ichabod licked his fingers at the end of his delicious meal and felt wonderful indeed. Just then, the sound of music echoed through the front hall, and Ichabod gleefully made his way to the common room. It was time to dance. What many people didn't know about Ichabod Crane was that he prided himself on his dancing as much as his singing. He was a wonderful dancer. When the music played, all his physical awkwardness disappeared. Every part of his body moved to the music. Katrina was Ichabod's dance partner, and he glided gracefully across the floor. She smiled graciously at his compliments and dance moves. Indeed, the schoolmaster was the envy of every young lad in the room, especially Brom, who sat sulking by himself in the corner. As Ichabod gazed at Katrina on the dance floor that night, he was sure he had died and gone to heaven, but that was yet to come. All right, guys, so we'll continue on with chapter 11 in the next podcast. Thanks for joining me.